It's Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. And today, Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein, and we're going to look at the road to financial security. We'll also have our market snapshot with Henry Jennings, and we'll find out what commodities are up to. And Stephen Pritchard, welcome along. And uh, what's Thursday doing to our commodities at the moment? The same as yesterday, I suppose. <laughs> um, the, the commodity market was relatively stable over the last week. Um, the, the gold price was down by 1%. The silver price was down by um, 0.4%. So once again, the gold and silver prices are more or less tracking each other. So have they been up and down yeah. over, the, over the week? Mm. But, but not materially. I mean, you know, 1% either way is not much. Um, and the copper price and the nickel price were both down by 0.4%, so there's, there's no material change really. Um, the Australian dollar was surprisingly up on the week on week by about 1.2%, and the British pound uh, against the US dollar and the British pound and all the currencies actually. So the Australian dollar was stronger across all the major currencies during the week. And what about New Zealand? Because we're they, up, is that a major currency? Yes. Oh, we're, I think it is. We're up, we're up 0.5%. So what's that? Half a cent. Okay. Against the mm. New Zealand currency. Mm. New Zealand currency is going quite, quite strongly because there's a big demand for, um, their major export, which is, um, surprisingly dairy products. <laughs> and they know how to market them too. They know how to market them with Fontora. Mm. I think there's only one dairy company in New Zealand now, or there's only one. Yes, they all joined together, I think, yeah. a few years ago, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course, that wouldn't be allowed to happen here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they have interests in this country? Fontoris here, yeah. It's got yeah. A, a small operation here, okay. um, I think, in Tasmania. Right. And the share markets were all up during the week, although I think the... Australian share market's down a little bit this morning, but on the week it was up half a percent. The Dow was up 1%, the NASDAQ was up 1%, the Financial Times, which is a UK market, was up um, half a percent, and the Japanese market was up 2%. And the Hang Seng, which is a Hong Kong market, was the only one in red, which is down 0.2%. Can't read anything into that? No, not really. No, that was just noise. Mm-hmm. No material. But we can have major changes. There's been major changes in the oil price over the week. Um, the, West Tex- the West Texas Intermediate crude price was down 9%. So mm. continuing um, volatility and falling in the oil price. So but if it's down, mm-hmm. does that mean our <laughs> petrol prices at the bowser go down? Well, theoretically, they should this week because the oil price has gone down and the A dollar's gone up. So um, what's been happening previously, the oil price is going down and the A dollar's been going down. So, so the, you know, the, the fall in the oil price has been cancelled out. But yes, they they should be both moving in the right direction as far as domestic petrol prices have gone. Yes, that should have gone down. Mm. Um, I think the words should have. Mm. But mm. the gap between Sydney and Newcastle is not as bad as it, it was. I mean, the unleaded price in Sydney today is $1.20 a litre, and in Newcastle it's $1.23. So That's we're not cool. sitting around the $0.10 cents a litre we were a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago when you were on holidays. Mm. And um, But there is a big difference in the diesel price, though, 
The diesel price in Newcastle is $1.30 a litre and in Sydney it's $1.22. So I, I, I can't understand why there'd be an $0.08 cents a litre price difference between Sydney and Newcastle in diesel. I wonder if there are more, if there's a higher percentage of diesel vehicles in Newcastle as opposed to Sydney. It'd be an interesting question to pursue. Um, I don't know how you'd find out. No, true. <laughs> but, I, but I do know they're selling a lot more diesel cars. Mm, yes, so it's possible. Yeah. So, so that kind of wraps up the... Uh, what's happening with commodities. Commodities, the, the currency markets. To NURFM at 24 past 12, Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners. And Stephen Pritchard, it is time to take a look at our market snapshot with Henry Jennings now. Yes, how are you, Henry, today? I'm good, thanks, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. That's good. good. And so what's happening in the, in the market this morning? Uh, well, the market's a little bit easier this morning. Um, I think there's a little bit of uh, fatigue. There's also a lot of ex-dividends uh, happening in the market, and we have had uh, a pretty good run. Um, we've been knocking on the door of 6,000, which is... Um, which is a, a multi-year high, and we've seen highs around the globe. The UK is at a, an all-time high. Germany, uh, pretty close to an all-time high. America, the same. So um, we've uh, certainly been knocking on that door. So um, it's, it's all been quite positive. We are in the midst of earnings season at the moment, and there has been some serious volatility in terms of um, individual companies within that uh, index, but the index has been solidly pushing forward um, with the same old stories uh, tending to uh, to be the drivers, very much uh, banks and uh, even now resources starting to kick in too, so it's, it's been quite positive. Yes, and so it's be the first time since 2008 the index has got to 6,000, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's actually, uh, yeah, it might even be a bit longer than that. So it's, um, it's, it's looking quite positive, but um, you do have to get a little bit nervous up here. Bargains are hard to find, mm-hmm. and everything has had a, a very big run, so um, nothing is cheap anymore. Yes, the BHP results came out this week, and they, they were, um, the market was a bit surprised by those, I thought. Um, yeah, the BHP result came out and the market did uh, underestimate. I think we were, the market was sort of hoping for around $5 billion. They came in at 5.35, so that was good. They upped the dividends, so that was good. And the stocks had a, a pretty good run uh, from that $27 to uh, 33.50, which is up about 20, 23% or something like that. So it, it's had a, a very, very good run from the uh, – and we're only talking since um, – the 15th of January, they hit uh, $27. So it's um, it's not that long ago. It's only five or six weeks, um, and they've rallied 22%. So surprising, given the oil price hasn't rallied that much, and iron ore is still stuck at a six-year low. So um, yeah, it's 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 all about dividends. It's all about uh, people chasing these quality names. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and, and the fact is they should have been paying higher dividends out when they were making all that money and, and they didn't. They put it into a number of projects which they've had to, to uh, write off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, seven group, group holdings results were out as well. Yeah, we had seven groups holdings. Um, uh, another a good set of figures, and again, they've been uh, 
a good performer in this market. They have um, struggled a little bit due to um, due to the slowdown in commodities. Bearing in mind that Seven Group own a big slug of uh, West Track, which is the Caterpillar um, franchise. Um, so obviously the, the slowdown in mining around the world does have a big impact. But the the biggest news, I guess, for the Seven uh, result was they were doing another share buyback, um, which just means there's even less shares out there for the uh, the public to own. Um, I think Kerry Stokes will be moving to uh, uh, 75, 78, 80% or something uh, after this buyback. So um, interesting, but again, you know, in the last month they have bounced from, uh, you know, the $5 uh, up to um, you know, $7. So again, another big move from 7 Yes, I mean, Mr. Stokes never seems to take part in the buyback and his holding, uh, holding in the company continues to creep up as a result. It does, it does. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, I guess it's privatisation by, by stealth to some extent. Mm. And then, yeah. of course, Vita Group, which is a, a relatively new listing on the, re, on the exchange, um, there, oh, well, a, a re-new listing, I suppose, because it was previously listed and now it's returned, um, yeah. it has results without... Well. Yeah, they, they, they had their results out. The Vita guys are, are benefiting from regulatory changes in terms of, uh, um, you know, identification for money laundering and various other things like that. They do ID checks, um, so they're, they're doing pretty well. They're also um, they're able to track where money goes, um, so that, that's a good thing for them. So they, they reported a profit after tax of about $38 million, which was up, um, won't pay an interim dividend, um, which, you know, the shares have pretty much gone sideways. Uh, for some time, and they don't seem to be uh, in any mood to break out of that uh, that sideways sort of movement at the moment. So, uh, well, good goodish figures, but uh, nothing very exciting. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and our market snapshot now, Stephen Pritchard, as Henry Jennings is with us. Ah, uh, Henry, APA Group results came out um, yesterday. They did. They did. Good yes. results. Um, the stock has uh, continued to climb uh, ever, ever, ever higher. Oh, it's always um, going up. Um, well, it's a very safe, dependable stock. It's a good way to play the uh, the, the increasing uh, LNG and gas market in uh, New South Wales and Queensland. They, they These guys run uh, the pipelines business, um, so it's an infrastructure business, pays very reliable dividends. Um, they've got a lot of cash. They've just raised nearly $2 billion, um, and they bought out um, BG's Group's um, Queensland Curtis pipeline recently. So um, it's all going well, and inv- at the moment investors love certainty of earnings and that lovely dividend yield, which um, APA is um, certainly one of those ones that provides that. So what's not to like? There, mu- there must be a good return on that stock over the year because it's, it's over $9, and it wasn't so long ago it was 6 I think it's up 35% in a year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in the last 12 months, up 35%. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And then they're also talking about building a pipeline from the... Um, Northern Territory to connect to their existing grid, which will, which will no doubt enhance the profits again. Well, it's um, you know I don't think you can you can go too far wrong providing infrastructure to these big gas projects. Yeah. Um, but, you know pipelines tend to uh, be full of things, a bit like roads. Yeah, yeah. And then of course the interesting news was the uh, private equity investment in the online accounting provider Zero. Yeah. Yeah, Silicon Valley investors, uh, uh, ACEL partners, I think is how you pronounce it, I'm not sure. Yep. 
um, they have invested 100 million Aussie, uh, 100 million US rather, nice round number, um, and they're um, giving that to uh, zero to try and break into the uh, to the lucrative um, US market. So um, it's um, it, it's it's pretty good news for um, for zero. The stock has has sort of it's quite a volatile little stock, for zero, um, and uh, it did get up to um, 42 dollars. And it did get down as low as fifteen, well, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollars in recent months. So, uh, back on the uh, on the warpath now, around twenty-four, twenty-five dollars. Yeah, at one stage it was the largest stock listed on the uh, New Zealand Stock Exchange. I'm, I'm not sure where it is now. Well, it wasn't the New Zealand Stock Exchange. There's not much else, I don't think, really. Oh, so, well, I think there's um, Fontoras there. They've mm. got they've got a class of securities there. Mm. Um, anyhow, we'll leave New Zealand. And the other interesting thing that's happened is the new fee for um, buyers of uh, foreign buyers of residential property that the government announced they were introducing. Um, mm. This should be interesting. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the real estate agents are saying it's all doom and gloom, but I well, wouldn't have would. thought. I wouldn't have thought five thousand dollars, you know, is going to make any difference to someone wanting to invest from overseas. Um, well, I, I, it sounds like it's a sliding scale. Yeah, it's a sliding scale. The, 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 uh, the scales are quite, the, um, uh, the, uh, the fines are quite draconian if you, uh, if you breach it. I think I heard on the radio last night they're talking 20% of the, uh, of the property price. So, um, it can get rather nasty. But, um, yeah, certainly, um, I don't think the $5,000 for a million dollar home or 10000 for, uh, for, for above that is really going to be a massive discouragement for those overseas investors that are looking to, uh, to put money into Australia, it will maybe slow some sales down, but they'll just readjust and get used to it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you know the, it might give some money for the Foreign Investment Review Board to do what it's supposed to be doing. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, they won't have an issue about funding away. now, will they? I'm sure we're going to general consolidated revenue, though. Um, we won't get into that <laughs> argument. <laughs> and so then there's the update on the position in Greece. Greece, Greece seems to be... Uh, changing their position day by day. Well, the, the Greeks have got a major problem. They're basically bankrupt. Um, and everyone knows it. Um, they will never, ever pay back the amount of money they owe. Um, it's really just a question of try how far you can keep pushing it out uh, until it becomes some sort of, um, well, other person's problems, basically. They've, they've agreed now to push it out another four months before they start um, renegotiating, I guess. Um, and they've agreed with the, uh, the troika that lends them the money that they will uh, implement uh, a, a raft of reforms, which they seem to not have actually introduced previously, um, and it really hasn't solved their problem. But the biggest problem they have is it's, it's a maths problem, um, and the smaller their economy gets, the bigger the debt gets as a proportion yep. of the GDP. So all this austerity is great, but it has slowed the economy to such a level that the GDP has ballooned from 130, 140%, mm-hmm. or the debt to GDP is now around 175, 180%, because the economy has, uh, has shrunk. So, so the Greek uh, government's argument is that they should uh, boost the economy rather than uh, than put clamps on it, and that way their debt-to-GDP ratio will come down. Um, of course, it's easier said than done, and they do have some endemic problems which they don't seem to really want to address, though the new government has been elected to uh, to tell Europe where to uh, to shove its loans, but they don't seem to be quite um, keen to do that, unfortunately. 
Yes, well... We all know where it's going to end, though. We all know they're going to have to renegotiate yep. the actual uh, principle of the loans and, and have big debt write-offs. It's just a question of whose watch it's going to be done on. And who's holding the debt? Well, who's holding the debt? The, the globe seems to have uh, run up a massive amount of debt. I'm not really sure who we owe the money to. Maybe we owe it to somebody on another planet. But uh, at the moment, everyone seems to be uh, very much sinking into a mire of debt. And... Has there been any ongoing, any update on the ongoing berry scandal with Paddy's Foods? No, no not really. I think, uh, you know, I think the government seems to be moving towards uh, a change in, in labelling regime, which is probably not a bad thing. Um, and poor old Paddy's uh, obviously has had some uh, some negative fallout on it, and the share price has fallen you know, from a dollar forty-four back down to a dollar twenty-two. But um, you know, I guess this this will this will blow over in time, and hopefully we'll get some sort of better legislation in terms of what um, what we're eating and where mean? it comes from. That's right. I mean, what does manufactured from local and imported ingredients mean? Uh, it means very who, little. No, who knows? <laughs> well, I think that's that's the big problem. Is, is that if you, if you don't know, you just have to that's take right. it on trust, and you look at the brand, and you and you look at how much you're paying, and you you, yep. you assume that's that right. that's uh, that's quality because it's a quality brand. But unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. That's right. Okay, thanks for that, Henry. It's time to Pleasure, wrap Stephen. up. We'll speak to you next week. Sure. Okay, Henry thanks, Jennings, and we will of course have our. Um, market snapshot next week with Henry Jennings. Now we're very happy to take your calls on 49216216 on personal investment and the stock market and taxation and Trevor's rung in from Charlestown and Trevor you've got a question you'd like to put to Stephen Yes I do, I have yeah. Hi Trevor Hello, how are you? Good, good. Stephen, um, I'm a bit wary of the stock market and that um, and I, I keep on hunting around to try and find uh, you know, um, where I can risk my money. Uh, the, what is the name of the people that are, ta- that are buying the poles and lines, you know, on, on the... Uh, well, there's no, there's no one buying them yet. There's a proposal by the New South Wales government to sell them. Oh, um, yeah. So, so they haven't, they haven't been sold yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just that, um, I had a mate, he, he, he just said to me, he said that um, the unions have put all their money into this, into this people that have bought the... No, no, that's not, that, that's not, that, that was a story in the Daily Telegraph yesterday and that wasn't quite factually correct. What it said is, that's what the headline said and then when you actually read the head, when you actually read the story, part of the union superannuation fund money was invested in with a company called Magellan... Um, infrastructure fund of which part of which was invested in various infrastructure assets around the world including some some poles and wires I think in South Australia so yeah the union would have selected um, to invest it in that fund but they would have had no say where that fund invests money and that's a public fund that anyone can get a hold of the PDS and invest in so I, I thought that Story. I saw that story and I thought it was grossly misleading, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, thanks for your call.
Thanks, Trevor. And your call three welcome to on 49216216, personal investment, stock market, taxation. Give us a call. Making your calls on Thursday Finance 49216216. And Stephen Pritchard, we have Michael on the line from Mayfield. Hi, Michael. Hi, Stephen. Um, just a question. Um, I'm 58 and I work full time and my wife doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We have, we have um, some money in the bank. And I was just wondering, could, my wife's 55, could she sort of set up that money in the bank as an allocated pension so she doesn't have to pay tax on it or is she too young? Uh, no, no, because she's over, she's over 55, what she could do is she could, uh, this is, this is just general advice and there's a number of yeah, tests you have yeah. to meet. Yep. Um, but in general terms, she could contribute that money to, uh, contribute that money to a superannuation fund. Right. And then you could set up what's called a transition to retirement pension. Um, right. and the fund would pay, uh, a pension back to her. Uh, the, the assets in the fund that are used to pay the pension wouldn't, would, would there be no tax on those. Um, when the repension, she gets the pension, the pension would be accessible to her because she's below 60, but mm-hmm. she also gets a rebate. So depending on what her other income is, it may be that you're correct that the pension be tax-free, but you really need to sit down and do the maths because below 50, below 60, it's taxable but subject to a rebate. Okay, well, thanks very much. Okay. Thanks, thanks. for your call, Michael. And Marion's rung in from Singleton. Hi, Marion. Um, my husband recently um, inherited some shares um, that when the estate came through, they're actually classified as non-trading shares um, that his father had had for some time. Um, we were told they're of no value, but what can we actually do or what, what are these things? Uh, where, where, yeah. Where's the company? Okay, we tracked it down. It's, it's, um, can I say the name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I think it's uh, GDP, Babcocks. Uh, okay, and, uh, now that's the, yeah. that, that's the spin-out from um, General Property Trust. So what basically happened during the last um, boom period, General Property Trust decided they were going to take on the world and they set up yep. this joint venture with... Um, Babcock and Brown and put a significant mm-hmm. number of their assets into um, second-ranking properties in Germany from memory. It, uh, yeah, it Belgium all, was mentioned yeah, in the it all documentation. Went, it all went bad, as one would expect. So mm-hmm. what then GPT did, they, they pushed all those things into a, another company, um, which mm. is the, and then spun that out to the existing shareholders of GPT. So basically, those shares can only be... I think it can only be transferred on death. Um, mm. One day that company, um, the financial position of that company is improving. Last time I had a look, um, mm. one day they may be worth something, but in the meantime, you, ca- you can't do anything with them. Okay. All right. So they, for like um, purposes of uh, any documentation we have to fill in, they're very valueless, I would say. Yeah, well, yes. you, you can't sell them. They're not paying any dividends, so I, I don't know how you'd value them any other way. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, okay. All right then. Okay, okay. thank you for that. that. This is Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard and Partners and Stephen Pritchard taking your calls, 49216216. Just got time for one or two more. And we do have Roger who's joined us now from Lake Munmora with a question for Stephen. Hi, Roger. Hi, Stephen. Uh, I'll try and make it short. When I finished, I put my super into Knowledge Bank IQ, which my son-in-law owned. Now, that was good. Now, he sold the business. Now, it belongs to MLC Rep. Now, they made some decisions. When I uh, used to have AMP shares, and I, I asked him uh, to sell them and buy CBA, and I bought CBA at $29.45. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he rang me up and said, we're running short of cash. So... He said, well, we'll get rid of some of the Westpac. And I said, no, you'll get rid of BHP, because I paid $40 a, a share for him, mm-hmm. and which he did, and uh, that was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible for me to change from them, which who they're there in Sydney, and they made too many bad decisions, and I to change them to you? What happens in that case? Uh, okay, so we'll just talk generally about this. It sounds like you're in a, a, a one of the MLC RAP platforms, and, yeah. and, and it's kind of a quasi-self-managed superannuation fund. It's, it's halfway between having a, a fund that um, you manage yourself and um, a, a, a public offer fund where, you know, the fund manager does a lot. So um, generally, you can transfer from one RAP platform to another. So um, there's a number of other ones on the market. There's there's BT, um, Macquarie, um, to name, oh, and I think Commonwealth Bank's got one, which which I can't remember the name. So so those products you can generally transfer um, the the balance of your account between those wrap platforms. Now, a couple of things you need to watch though is if you've got a healthcare card. Um, on the pension. Yes, and you've got a health care card, so you need to, to take into account, um, because people who had money in an allocated pension prior to last December um, were grandfathered under the old rules, and the new rules might might result in you losing the health care card. So you need to have a look at all those things before you can you need you swap. But but generally, yes, you can you can swap. Um, between platforms, um, and you, you just need to make sure that some of the grandfathering rules that you're getting the maybe getting the advantage of, you're not going to lose. Yeah, the, the only idea was that, that well, not only am I dissatisfied with their decisions, but they're in Sydney, and if I, I like to talk to people face to face. Yeah, well, yeah well, I, I, I understand that. That's right. You know, yeah, I could ring yeah. him up at any time in the night. Yeah, yeah well, we, we can't really go into to that here, um, but, uh, but I understand what you're saying. Um, thanks for your call there. Many thanks for your call, Roger. And, yes, there's a few things to do some thinking about at the moment. We're getting towards the end of Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard, but have we just got a little bit of time, a minute or so, to talk about part of your ways of heading for financial security? Um, yes. I mean, one of the first ways you should think about is to, is to pay yourselves first. Many people um, come to the end of the pay period, fortnightly, week or month, and they've got no money left. Um, there's this economic term called the marginal propensity to consume, 
uh, which basically means the more money you earn, the more you spend. So what you should do is take some money out of your salary before you you get it. The easiest way is to um, get your payroll people set up a separate account. I always used to ring me and um, people set up an old-fashioned passbook account because it was harder to get the money out of, but they, they seem to be going out of existence, and transfer some money to this separate account that, that you can use to save for investment um, before you put the money into your other account that you use for spending. And pretty soon, um, you know, after a couple of weeks, you won't even notice that you're taking out this additional money. Generally, I recommend you start with 10%. So, you know, if you're getting $1,000 a week in your hand, put $100 a week in this other savings account and don't spend it. At the end of the year, you're going to have um, $5,200, which you would otherwise have just... Um, spent on um, cappuccinos or who knows what and not even notice. So that's a good tip and that will help you with your financial security. That's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM. News coming your way and then Business, the Law and You with Julian Campbell.